All right, you guys, so we are pretty much almost in back to school season or we pretty much already are depending on where you go to school. But if you are a junior or senior in college, then you are probably coming to a slow reality check of holy shit, I am almost a college graduate. Like what am I going to do with my life? Like what do I do from here, right? I remember what it was like during college and after college and even during the job search process. It's all still really recent to me. And because I know how stressful it can be, I put together a career ebook guide for you called the Everyday Girl's Guide to Career Success. I include resume templates, cover letter templates, top interview questions, my personal answers to the questions, how you should be dressing at interviews, and so much more. So you can find all the information on this ebook and buy this ebook online at whatfulfillsyou.com. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Happy Wednesday and welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. I am pretty excited for this week and just how this week has been going. If you are new here, my name is Emily and I am your host, if that wasn't obvious enough. Thank you for tuning in today. If you are listening for the first time, I do genuinely appreciate it just because, well, more importantly, because this podcast is still pretty new and it's in the growth period. So thanks again for tuning in. If you don't know much about me, I am a full-time entrepreneur. I also work in a eight to five sales job and I also write on my blog in my free time. And then I also have my own business, as I kind of mentioned, and I graduated from college last spring. So that is a little bit about me, if you were curious. Uh, More about this podcast, if you um, couldn't really tell about the title, the podcast is obviously revolving around the discussion of what fulfills us as humans and kind of how we integrate that with our professional career, our relationships, our day-to-day lives, essentially. It's just all something I'm very passionate about. So every week, I like to just kick it off with a gratitude piece. I like to just always share something I'm grateful for. And today, I just want to say that I am extremely grateful for the community I have built over the past few years, um, I guess not necessarily few, it might maybe just been like the past two years or so, to be really honest. When I transferred to Chapman University when I was a junior in college, I spoke on this in a previous episode, so if you didn't listen to it, you um, probably don't really know much, but basically I spoke about how I didn't really have any friends going into into the new school, obviously, and at the time as well, I was going through a very, very difficult transition, breakup, and just 
kind of like a college, mid-college crisis, as you could say. And essentially at the time, I just had such a big focus on building a community of friends and just people around me that had similar values and were more like-minded to me. And I guess fast forward to today, it just amazes me in a really good way that these people that I have, I guess, added into my life since that period of growth and since that time where I decided I wanted to focus on having these people in my life in the long run. Um, I'm so grateful that these people are still in my life today. In fact, I just got off the phone with one of my best friends that I made from Chapman University during that junior year, and her name is Nicolette. She lives in New York now, so she's three hours ahead, but um, it was just so nice to be able to chat with her this evening and just to know that even though we're out of college now, that really it's, it's amazing that my community is still there, even though... I also realized tonight during my conversation with her that I actually don't have any girl friends in this area anymore, but I think on the other hand, something, I guess something else, I wasn't going to mention this, but something else I am grateful for is that I do have phenomenal coworkers, like I've mentioned previously, and um, they've kind of, I don't want to say taken the place of having girlfriends, but they have taken the place of just that emptiness I might have felt um, not having my girlfriends around me anymore. And I guess that kind of ties it all back in with the community I've built over the years that um, have really been a part of my journey over the past couple of years and still are supporting me, calling me, um, just catching up with me all the time, even when we're 3,000 miles away. So tonight and today and always, I'm grateful for that. And I wanted to just put that out in the, I guess, in the universe. So I hope you guys can kind of think of one or two things that you're grateful for. I always say this as well, but if it's involving another person or someone that you can also share this with, I always highly recommend to share it just because a, you never know the difference that it can make in someone's day, someone's week, someone's life. And B, it's always good to practice being mindful about maintaining these relationships by showing gratitude, by sharing with people that you appreciate them, especially when it's people that you see every day and that it's so easy to think that they know that we appreciate them. But um, sometimes it's just really nice to just say, hey, so-and-so, I just want to let you know that even though I talk to you, you know, frequently, or maybe you don't, you know, either way, it's, I just want to let you know I appreciate you in my life, and I don't get to say it as often, but today I want to let you know. So that's something I hope I can push you guys to do. On the other hand, I want to do a recap of my past couple of days, because that is what I do on my intros. So uh, today is Tuesday. It's Tuesday evening. So you guys are hearing this uh, tomorrow, I guess, essentially. But this past weekend has been amazing because I had a four-day weekend. And for those of you who are wondering, well, why did you have a four-day weekend? <laughs> it's because um, working in sales, if any of you are familiar it's very hectic, I guess. If you watched 
Wolf of Wall Street. It's very similar. I'm not going to lie, or at least my work culture and work environment, it's, or honestly, any sales environment, it is very hectic, very, um, you know, high stress, high reward type environment. And it really does take a type of personality to be able to handle the ups and downs of sales. But that's the beauty of it is that when we're in our slower season, we do get more days off. And, you know, this weekend was one of those weekends where we got Friday off and then we got Monday off as well. So today, Tuesday was kind of the first day back for the week. And then I am also just looking forward to this weekend because we also have Friday off essentially because my office is taking a party bus essentially out for the day and we're kind of going um, from Laguna Beach through Corona Del Mar and then ending up at Newport Beach as kind of like a bar crawl in a sense or we're essentially just like stopping at certain bars and just having drinks and it's going to be such a fun time. So I'm really looking forward to it. And it's essentially one of my first events um, with my office aside from the holiday party. But this is, is, I guess, something that's considered a region event, as they call it. And so it's my first region event. So I'm very excited for it. So yeah, that is pretty much kind of a weekend recap. I did post the last episode a little bit later and so um, I guess kind of there hasn't been much of a gap since then or kind of a much of an update but um, I'm sure I will have more life recaps and updates on the next episode. Moving on to today's guest, I had Anne-Marie Chase on this episode today. Some of you might know her from her YouTube That is actually how I originally knew her. I remember I started following her on YouTube or subscribing to her back in, I don't know, maybe 2014 or so. I was uh, maybe junior or senior in in high school, and she's about one grade older than me. So I think at the time she was starting school at USC, and since USC was one of the schools that I was considering, I think that's kind of how I found her was because I looked on YouTube for someone to post about what life was like at USC and I think she posted something like that so I have I guess kind of followed her YouTube life or journey for a few years now and um, that's like I said that's kind of how I knew her but for those of you who didn't know her a little bit about Anne-Marie her full name actually or her real name is actually Anne-Marie Allen. She did mention on this episode that her name on YouTube and everywhere else is Anne-Marie Chase because when she started YouTube back in the day, it was a little bit more, I guess, less stranger-friendly, if that makes sense. And so she used a different last name, I suppose. But aside from that, she was born and raised in Alaska, And that's where she started her YouTube channel. And I believe she started it when she was a sophomore in high school. And something awesome to know about Anne-Marie and something I really liked about her is that she um, has very similar values in that she values authenticity, 
honesty, and then, of course, cultivating a sense of community in real life. On her YouTube, she does open up more about taboo topics, so I definitely recommend checking it out. Today, she does kind of share more of her life in a different, I guess, lens where she shares her life as she goes through a phase that she likes to identify as being an unemployed millennial. And like I said, I think she's so awesome with the way she's authentic. And um, I highly recommend it if you are in college or maybe recently graduated and you're not a huge fan of just watching basic, you know, beauty YouTube videos, you want something a little bit more like legitimate to what your life looks like. I highly recommend checking out some of her videos. I think she just has such an authentic, um, just aura to her and she was such a great person to chat with so I'm looking forward to you guys listening to this episode so without further ado let's just dive right in all right welcome to the podcast Anne Marie thank you so much for taking your time out of your day on this lovely Sunday I know we're both <laughs> very busy and we finally got to sit down and chat but thank you again for taking yeah, the time to be here yeah, honestly, I didn't know we would be doing video, so didn't really prep for that, but I'm no, so no, no, <laughs> no worries. Yeah, we're not, like, the video portion won't be, like, out. Okay, 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 yeah, cool, yeah. cool. It'll just be the audio portion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so for those who don't know you, give, like, a whole spiel about, like, who you are, kind of where you, like, you know, where you grew up, where you went to school, all that kind of jazz. Yeah. So, okay, that's a lot. I always try not to like talk too much on podcasts because I can really go off. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it though. (laughs) Okay. So we were just talking a little bit earlier and I was explaining that um, my dad was in the army. So I grew up kind of all over the place. But when I was in the fifth grade, we settled, we, we all settled in Anchorage, Alaska. And it's a really unique place and I think a unique situation for me because Anchorage is like a really special place. I think just the coldness and also like the beauty of it just attracts like a very strong community that I was able to kind of appreciate a lot because I was like an outsider. But that also caused, you know, some not like in Alaska, it's a very prideful thing to be like a lifelong Alaskan. And so I came in the middle of like fifth grade. Everyone has their like lifelong sports. Everyone's like an expert at skiing, like (laughs) snowboarding, hiking, or they just have their own things. And so I think that's kind of why I actually found YouTube is I found a community that I really loved. And I originally found Michelle Fawn and she was literally the first person. I have really big eyebrows. (laughs) She was the first person who ever taught me how to deal and shape with them. And beyond that, though, she beyond like the externalities of beauty she also kind of integrated into her videos like in a message of inner beauty which I was just really drawn to and she was so positive and uplifting and so I really wanted to create well I was just obsessed with her community I was like I'm so supportive of her I remember one time I commented on one of her videos and she responded she was like oh that's like my little sister is like 14 or whatever (laughs) I was like 14 and I said something like I'm 14 (laughs) Um, yeah and so I was just really I really admired her But I also saw that, you know, there was a business potential behind it. I was watching people like Juicy Star 07 and she was getting flown to New York Fashion Week. And I always had wanted to start, you know, a YouTube channel because actually when I moved here, our fifth and sixth grade teacher taught us how to edit. 
And it's funny because I was actually in the Bay, like meeting a friend, a high school friend, like a childhood friend. After college, we hadn't seen each other for a while. And I remember telling her, I was like, yeah, isn't it so crazy that Miss Caltonborn like taught us how to edit? And she was like, I honestly don't remember that at all because she just wasn't into that. But that's something that was a huge part of my childhood. As soon as I, you know, learned how to edit and then communicate or just communicate a message in a different way. And it was so creative. I was hooked and I started, that was like, you know, I'd never looked back. I would just kept editing different videos. Um, so it was interesting because I always wanted to start a YouTube channel and I was kind of just waiting at first for my sister and she, everyone always agrees. Everyone always wanted to start a YouTube channel, even when it was kind of weird because it was yeah. just fun. It was a fun thing to do. And it was a cool way to show off Alaska too. And so I was kind of, at first I was like, Callie, like start a podcast with me. And then she would say yes, but then she would never really like actually want to make videos to make it work. And then I waited for my two best friends at the time, Grace and Emma. <laughs> and I was like, start, start a YouTube channel with me. And then we kind of did. And it was so fun. And then again, like no one just really actually wanted to start it except for me. So then I think I like had a few channels and then I stuck with my Amory Chase channel, which is not my actual name. I actually started it in the time of like Stranger Danger when everyone else was like, <laughs> like Tasha was fiercely Tasha, my good friend Tasha, who yeah. we, I, a YouTuber and went to USC. Mm -hmm. um, so I just happened to pick like Amory Chase. And I actually like that I picked that because it's kind of a pseudonym. So now when I meet people, people are like, oh, are you Emery Chase? And that's how I know that they know me from YouTube. That is sweet. That's so cool. <laughs> I mean, I had yeah, no I feel like it just kind of like accidentally happened like that. And I, I've considered changing it to my full like real name, but I don't know. It's kind of nice in a way. And I think it rolls off the tongue a little bit better than my actual name, which is Emery Allen. But um, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, so, so I started cool. it and yeah, yeah, yeah. Genius, like, honestly, it, it is really interesting. And especially like, I don't know about you, but like um, in college campuses, I would meet a lot of subscribers and like people, like followers. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. they would know me as Amory Chase. And it's, they never just say Amory. It's always like, are you Amory Chase? <laughs> <laughs> so it's really interesting. Yeah. It's a good little like differentiator, but like it was totally accidental. But um, yeah, so I started my channel in my like sophomore year. And then I think immediately I kind of enrolled. Well, I was posting a lot and I like, I was obsessed with it. I would, you know, count, I would take a screenshot of my views like every single day and be like, oh my God, seven people are watching my videos. Like, this is so crazy. Um, and then really early on, I was probably like, like three months into starting my channel. I, I did this contest with Seventeen Magazine. It was called the Beauty Smarty Showdown. And it's like probably the most embarrassing like time documented on the internet of my life <laughs> but like so I have not watched the videos in forever it was like a really interesting like um little program uh they were using like real influencers at first like re like the OG real influencers and then I think they ran out of like a budget so they're like we're just gonna use like newbies like people who have no exposure so that's how I got my first few thousand subscribers and I think that's really that's what like really ignited like me to just keep posting and from that, like from that point, so early on, I started getting really, really great opportunities through my YouTube channel. I think like walmart.com, like the next year, I didn't, and it was weird because I didn't really have that many subscribers, mm -hmm. but they contacted me to do like a back to school type video thing. And I think it's because I just had different type of content. Mm -hmm. um, and even like when I was deciding to go to college, I was choosing between LA, or I, I just wanted to be in LA. I knew that if I didn't go to school in LA, I was choosing between LA and Atlanta, Georgia, Emory, okay. both of my siblings went there. But I was just like, I think I would regret if I don't live in LA during this time. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of a perfect reason and push to live there. 
And I wanted to live there because everyone like in YouTube was like flocking to there mm-hmm. and there were management there. But it was interesting because when I, I was graduating, this manager called me and he managed like a few, you know, big YouTubers at the time who are in my similar community. And he was like, you know, you seem to have kind of just stumbled upon YouTube success without really trying that hard. <laughs> and he was like, we have girls doing this full time and they make a good living and we right. think that you can do this but you would have to you know commit full time to this and I was like okay well I'm probably not going to do that like I've you know built my entire high school career based off of going to school and um this is like really what I want to do so I was just like I'm just gonna go to school obviously <laughs> and so when I got to college it was really interesting because no one was doing college vlogs I think like mm-hmm. I didn't want to vlog about college because I was like no one's gonna watch this So there was a huge white space in college vlogs. And then I don't, I think I was really kind of into like, you know, back to school season in high school or whatever, like the back to school halls. And so I kind of just started making content around my experience in college. And that's when my channel really kind of blew up is from making that college content. But it's funny because now it's like basically clickbait, (laughs) clickbait your school. Yeah. But at the time it was just kind of like, like me and a few other people navigating that space, which is really interesting. Um, But I think that, you know, that's the coffee machine, sorry. (laughs) I think that just like doing that type of content has not only, it attracts like a really unique audience too. Like you have really smart viewers who care about things that are different from most of what's on YouTube. Right. Which, you know, is probably like stuff that we can get into today. (laughs) Right. Which I'm so excited about. And I'll add too is like, I definitely probably came across your channel. Like when I was looking, it had to be at some point, like right before my freshman year of college, because I think I was looking for videos about USC because I was just chatting about USC and whatnot. And, um, I think that's so cool though, that you're right. That I really feel like I was drawn to your channel when, because it was like, more realistic you know what I mean yeah. it's like almost like a little reality sh- like show of yeah. like your life and of someone who's like at USC which is like also what I wanted to see what life would be like for me you know what I mean yeah totally. and I'm sure like I'm sure like like you said like the audience that you were creating videos for or like were viewing your videos were also people that like wanted to see more of that versus like mm-hmm. kind of the generic like oh what's in my bag type video yeah I think it's also interesting because college is a really, really transitional period and YouTube at the time, I think it's, I think it's definitely like trending more towards authenticity, but I'm, I'm just like a horrible, horrible liar. Like I cannot lie. (laughs) Yeah. My baseline is to just be completely honest and authentic because maybe it's like, you know, like some type of anxiety where I think like people can just read it on my face, but like, for me, there's no getting around, like just being as honest as possible. And a lot of YouTube, especially at the time, was just about making your life look perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why I kind of, I think that's why a certain type of person is attracted. And, you know, I think sometimes like maybe it's just like a bunch of introverts or like maybe yeah. shy people. But I think that is also kind of a big reason why. But I, I like the content that I do and I like the audience that it draws. So I'm not. I think it's not very monetizable in terms of like YouTube. Right. Uh, I'm not a good salesperson, but I think that also is kind of a good thing because for me, I want my viewers, like they built my platform. I want them to come to my channel and trust my 
opinion and work. Like that's right. the most important thing for me. And if you introduce, you know, kind of other factors that just naturally plan to YouTube, I think it just invites like um, a lack of inauthenticity. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation about this yesterday with a girl and we just went so deep into this little rabbit hole. So if that, you know, didn't make any sense. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's, really that's so funny. I want to know like, okay, so you started YouTube back in high school, right? While you were still in Alaska. Yes. Okay. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that kind of what's it like sells like they sell themselves short when they think like they don't live in a popular area enough to do YouTube and obviously you're a great example of someone that has like can you explain kind of like what your thought process was about it like did you ever think like you did you did it ever cross your mind like oh I live in Alaska like who's gonna relate to it or like view it you know yeah I really love that question because that's kind of something just coming back and being back in this community is just like the most interesting thing because I literally have grown up with some of these people and that's just being having spent five years in LA you can't really go to like a bar and expect to see someone that you've known for such a like you know so deeply for such a long period of time but a lot of that's a big problem like I don't know if it's a problem I don't think it is a problem I don't want to like say that it's a problem (laughs) but it's a viewpoint that a lot of my friends or peers um, have and that I've noticed when coming back but I actually think that YouTube is something that allowed me to think really big and just reach really big because I was from Alaska and I knew I was like 12 or whatever, but I knew that the things that people did in Alaska were just cooler. Like people, <laughs> Alaskans are just like a different, I, and I don't really consider myself, like I feel like I'm not very Alaskan, Yeah. but they're just a different type of person. Like they're fearless, super persistent, like dedicated Um, I feel like everyone is involved in, everyone has like a passion and a hobby because like, how else are you going to survive like these winter months, you know? (laughs) So, um, I knew that what I was like showing on my YouTube, even when I would like do snippets of Alaska or talk about kind of like introvertism or just like more personal topics that I didn't see online. I knew that they were good topics and like things that people wanted to see because they also like attracted an audience. But just, you know, learning how to edit and then post videos and communicate to thousands of people, I realized the, you know, the potential of like an individual person versus like what your situation is. You have, in this day and age, you have the tools, you have the resources pretty much anywhere you are. Like Alaska Wi-Fi is not very good. I can notice (laughs) a huge difference when uploading like a 20 minute video. It takes like 30 minutes here versus in LA, it would take like five. But I think that, technology is like good enough in this day and age where you don't really, if you want to, you know, reach a mass audience or spread your message, you don't have an excuse. Um, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. <laughs> that's like my mindset on it. Oh, no, I, I love that mindset about it, though, because I, I do agree that I think that it's, it's unfortunate that so many people sell themselves short. Like they're like, oh, yeah. you live in LA or oh, you live in like just Southern California yeah. or like New York. Like it's just so much easier to do it. But it's just like, it's just like you, I, I realize. like, I, what, that's what I love about you is that your channel is not like a lot of the typical, I don't know, like beauty lifestyle influencer yeah. ones that have like kind of transitioned to Instagram as well. And I think that like, that's like something I noticed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like, as you like start to grow your channel, do you mm-hmm. like remember if you like finally realized that you had a niche audience and, or did you like strategically do something about it? Like kind yeah. of in a business way? 
That's a really good question. I don't, because <laughs> I think so much, like for me, this is very true. So much of what I'm doing, I don't realize or I don't process until like a little bit later. Um, but I, that's why I love journaling because it kind of like makes you kind of think about what exactly it is you're doing. I don't think I realized that I had like a niche until I did my first, my mom had been telling, so I started a completely separate blog channel for my college blogs because I was like, no one is going to watch this. No one's going to want to watch this again. Like now it's like totally clickbaitable. I literally tell my college like influencer friends to maximize on that because I don't think it's a bad thing. And I think sometimes you do generally reach like a great audience. Okay. I'm like, I'm really beating around the bush here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, okay, what were we talking about? <laughs> just like kind of like, so you already mentioned that you knew that the people that watched your videos, like- Oh yeah, okay. Channel. So yeah. my mom had been telling me to post like my college vlogs onto my main channel forever. And I was just like, no, no one's gonna wanna watch this. And I think my senior year of college was the first time I actually posted like a college weekly blog. And I think the first one had introvert in the title. And I just remember that was the first time I think I really talked about my thoughts on introvertism because- it's interesting for me because I don't post frequently enough. So I will like live my life and then, you know, vlog sporadically. So I think that I'm updating along the way, but sometimes I'm really not. And mm -hmm. so I think that was really the first time that I did like a big update about introvertism and kind of dealing with it in college. And that video got a ton of views, like compared to my other videos, I probably got like a hundred thousand views. And at first I just thought it was the college aspect of it, I was like, oh, this is because college vlogs are so popular. So that started like me posting these college vlogs, which I think that was a huge part of it. But I think another part that I didn't realize until much later was the introvertism part, because I think a lot of people go to the internet who are, you know, a lot of introverted people, they like to go and find these communities online because introverts just really, I think, need deep connections. Yeah. And if you're not surrounded by that, like extroverts are better at kind of, you know, being more accepting and like more mm -hmm. inclusive. But for me, that's really exhausting. And so I really, really like my close friendships are so, so important to me. Um, and I really value them. But if I'm not like surrounded by that, I will find it like somewhere else, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, that is super cool. Tangent. Yeah. What, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I'm assuming you would know. What's your Myers-Briggs? Oh, okay. So we had to do this in freshman year. And I'm sure, I, like every, yeah. I, I think the funny thing is though, like we had a, we, we, okay. So I was a part of like this program called GLP at USC. It was like a business program for like, um, I don't, I really don't know how people were chosen, but it was supposed to be like an elite program. But basically we took the Myers-Briggs personality test and we got tested on what our results were. And I could not for the life of me remember and so I think I just put INTJ and then I got like an 100% obviously because I could figure out like what those meant. But now that has been ingrained in my head forever <laughs> that I'm an yeah. INTJ. So I have no idea. I should really just retake it. But I, I really do believe in those. I think. I do learning, too. Yeah. I think a lot of people criticize it because they're like, why do you have to label yourself? Mm -hmm. But for me, that explained so much of my behaviors because my sister is the most extroverted person that I know. And I'm really grateful that I have her in my life because otherwise like my brother my oldest brother or I have one brother but he's as introverted as I am and you know he didn't grow up with like an older sister kind of leading the way like teaching me how to communicate with people right. <laughs> and just the benefits of actually 
because it's not that I'm like socially awkward or can't communicate. It's that I just don't really put myself in the position to where yeah. she like, she, you know, fuels off of that. Exactly. Where that gives me, that initially gives me anxiety. Like I get social anxiety walking into that, but then when uh-huh. I'm there, it's fine. Right. Um, yeah. But learning that I was an introvert just explained like why I, you know, my family was like, oh, you, you kind of isolate. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. because I, I thought it was, I always thought of it as a bad thing. Like I thought, you know, not always wanting to be with friends or, you know, always wanting to be out. And I still, I think I had a really good balance, but I thought there was something wrong with that. Right. And so learning all those things and then just kind of putting a label to it. And I don't, I mean, I kind of let it define me. Like I like that I'm an introvert, but it's because yeah. I think I'm very, very introverted. So I can give like some other people helpful tips on things that I've learned and that have been really helpful for me. Okay. Okay. I honestly was going to guess that you were INTJ or like INFJ. Yeah. No. So I, as creepy as it sounds, I understand the Myers-Briggs personality, like all 16 of them very well Mm -hmm. in a sense. I don't. Mainly because, okay. So I'm actually ENTJ. Okay. And however, I am like pretty much 50-50 E and I. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm sure you've had circumstances where you kind of already just said, but like, oftentimes I kind of isolate myself too like from friends and people like I actually live by myself I live in my own like one bedroom apartment Mm -hmm. and so many people will be like oh Emily do you get lonely or like how do you deal with like not having anyone around and I'm like I go to work and I'm outside all like for most of the day I'm around people enough like when I go home I like to like be by myself like be centered and kind of like bring back my focus because being around people all the time is not like that enjoyable for me yeah and it's so funny because like I love like going out like don't get me wrong living in SoCal it's so nice like go out go to bars whatever like the whole shindig um but oftentimes I'll go out with friends and more most of them are more extroverted than me Mm -hmm. and they'll see me like kind of in the group and I won't like necessarily talk to the new people that we met at the bar unless like those people start a conversation with me and they always think like something is bothering me and the truth is nothing is actually bothering me it's just like if I'll usually do a good read on people I'm not judgmental I swear but it's just like if I notice like that guy or girl whoever it is like kind of is very surface level I usually don't I just don't engage and it's not because it's not because I'm judging them it's just because like I know that they won't enjoy a conversation with me either because I'm a very deep and philosophical person. So like, that's one thing is I can gauge whether you can have a great conversation with me. And if I yes. know you probably can't, I won't waste your time introducing myself. I know that's so weird, but that's no. like, that's, and I figured like you probably would get that kind of just yeah. learning about you. I was like, wait, she's totally going to understand where no, I, I totally to. get that. That's an argument. That's, or that's, this is a discussion. This is like the great thing about having, like my sister is so extroverted like so so extroverted so we always have these we have completely different perspectives on most things social related um but we've had this discussion where she i i will notice those things like i notice every every little thing that a person does and yeah so if like a person i'm making those judgments too because first of all this conversation like will just exhaust me like i actually can't do it And I can't pretend like that's going back to the authenticity thing. Like I can't pretend like I'm not a bitch about it at all. Right. It's like if it's not an engaging conversation, like, of course, like I can't really get anywhere with it because I just don't know the questions to ask, you know, or where to take it. I'm not good at that because I can only be like engaged in like things that I find are interesting. And I think a lot of things are interesting, but she also thinks that that's, you know, kind of shutting and writing a person off. But for me, I think a part of like being introverted is you you notice like those things and you look for those signs because that's just mm-hmm. what you're 
that's what's natural to you. So right. I think that's totally like valid. Um, but yeah, me and my sister literally have this argument all the time. <laughs> Wait, that that is so funny. And I think it's funny too, because I'll get like from my previous podcast and just from like people who DM me, they're like, you know, kind of like they always kind of start to notice like I hang around like a very small circle. I like yeah. don't surround myself with certain people. And they're like, how do you kind of flip the switch on like those people you don't surround yourself with? And I'm like, as, as like rude as it sounds, because I will say like, there's so many times where people are like, you don't come off very friendly. You have like a resting bitch face. And I'm like, certainly I do. Like, I will fully admit that. Yeah. But it's just like, when you're when you get older and you start to learn like the value of your time and your energy you just don't waste it on people who you know it's like me it's actually in my perspective I kind of think I'm doing them a favor as well by not having a conversation with them that I know they're not going to enjoy like I said it's just like they probably want to talk about like maybe more surface level things or things that are more just not related to me and like they're just not gonna get that from me you know what I mean and so yeah. yeah That's totally something that I've been thinking a lot lately. It's if you don't enjoy that person, like just because I think for me, my relationships are are so important to me that I put, I always try to commit a hundred percent to that. And if I just naturally, like if we don't vibe or like, you just have to be okay with letting go of the idea that you have to like accept or not accept everyone, but like contribute time and effort into every single person. It's not always a good fit. And yeah, you're like, I think the thing about growing up is you do realize that your time is valuable and your friendships that matter are so important and they're so fulfilling where like, if you don't, if you're not able to put hundred percent into that person, you're doing a disservice to both of you. So it's okay to let them go. And it's, it is a good thing for both parties. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. I love your mindset about that. And I think that like, I wish, I honestly wish that more people our age would kind of like see that more. I yeah. think like some people when they get to 30, they kind of realize it. But honestly, some people just never do either. Like yeah. some people are just that much like they give, like just they put their energy everywhere. Yeah. But um, I definitely wanted to ask, like speaking of friendships, because you already mentioned like relationships are like very important to you. And like likewise for me, I value my relationships kind of at like, the top of my priority. Like I always put in like energy and time to the people I value in my life. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you have a small circle as well. So I definitely want to yeah. know, how do you go about like mindfully choosing who you let into your life? Yeah. Like what are some of the traits or characteristics you would say, or maybe the, the similar values that you have to see in this person? Uh, I love that question so much. I wish like I had time to like journal about it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So for me, I think it's really, it's always just a very strong intuition thing. And it's nice because, but I know that this is not the case for everyone. Cause again, me and, okay, well, I don't want to like out her, but me and my sister have this conversation all the time where if I have an initial impression of someone, it's honestly usually right. And it's because I'm judging for the right things. It's like, is this person giving me like, you know, is he treating or are they treating me as a person? Are they treating other people like considerately as people? Are they mindful about kind of what they're saying? Or like, are they just kind of, um, um, you know, pressing their ideas onto everyone else. That's, that's kind of a big thing. Like how do they react to certain things? How they react to, um, topics? Mm-hmm. Like if they're just, if they're just going to shut out an idea completely because they're so opinionated and one-sided, if they can't listen to multiple perspectives or just different, um, sides of the argument, that's something that I just know will is a dead end. So I'm like, I'm not gonna contribute any time. Um, 
yeah, that's kind of a big thing that I've been thinking of, uh, like people who are very passionate about that, but are not actually willing to listen to the, to anyone else basically. Um, what other things? Yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's completely based on like how they, like, are they, it's kind of like, are they willing to talk to their Uber driver? You know, some people, I think it's, some people like literally just don't, I don't know. Like, I think you can literally have a great conversation with anyone. You're not above anyone or below anyone. Mm -hmm. And if I see that someone kind of doesn't quite understand that, Mm -hmm. then it's not a good use of time. So I think those are kind of like, kind of what I look for, but that's a great question. Like I'm definitely going to think about that more. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I went through like a really tough period in my life, which was like in 2017. And I like shared this like on my previous podcast too. And it's like, it was during a time where I was going through a rough breakup. And I remember during that time, I also felt like I lost a big part of myself and understanding like not only kind of the vision or path I was going on, but kind of like if someone were to describe Emily Duong, how would they describe her in 30 seconds? And I even couldn't put that into words myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started to backtrack on like, okay, well, that was also when I transferred to Chapman. So I actually went to UC Irvine for two years and then I transferred to Chapman. But um, I remember kind of thinking like, okay, so now I'm at a new school. I'm going to like make new friends. I'm in a new like sorority, like same chapter, but like or same sorority, but like different chapter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, what, like, what do I want to do differently? Like now that I almost have like a fresh start. And I remember thinking about like how it came to friends and how I like wanted to make sure every single friend I had like fulfilled like a certain part yeah. of me. And I remember as like psycho as it sounds, I literally like described it like to people as if like, it's like when you're on Tinder or whatever the fuck, like I personally don't use apps, but like yeah. for those who do, it's kind of like, when you're looking at the photo or whatever and like their age and like their job or however you like search people out, you, there's like a mental checklist of like what you want them to have. Like maybe certain hair color, certain height, like certain style and like personality type, things like that. I did this, like I noticed that people don't really do that for friends. You know what I mean? They kind of like let people go in and out really like way too easily. And for me, I literally had a physical and mental checklist, like a physical list just for me to like remind myself also a mental checklist of what I look for in friends and like yeah it had to be like about value so two of the top values I had was like integrity like I needed every single friend to have like integrity honestly more so than I did so that when I'm surrounded by myself when I'm surrounding myself with these people I am pushing myself to like always act with integrity and always be aligned with that Right. And like other I things. I love that really, idea. Yeah. Oh my God. And so I literally tell people like when you look for friends, especially yes. like I think there are just so many girls who are like who are listening to this podcast or like probably in high school or in college right now. And like they're they're going through that growing phase like we all yeah. like know. Right. And obviously we're out of college now. So we've been through that. But I think like so many people just don't know where to look when it comes to like finding friends, especially if you're in college, especially if you're out of school like USC, yeah. with big Greek life, yeah. big, you know, like social life. Right. They're like, where do I go? What do I do? And I'm like, well, start with like what you value most and start with like seeing like where you want to improve. Because I felt like in that two years ago, I wasn't or three years ago, I was not like, you know, that much of an honest. I felt like there were just so many character flaws within myself that I wanted to like get better at. And I wanted to yeah. have friends that had those values that were better than me at that. Yes. Right. And so I think I something like, I feel like you're kind of aligned with too, and just like totally. <laughs> finding people and like, even if it's just one other girl or one other person, like that has similar traits or similar values that can also like help propel you into like becoming better as well, especially if you're weaker in certain areas. Yeah. Okay. I absolutely love that idea because for me, that kind of just 
it's like back to the intuition thing. I don't know quite what I exactly what I look for, but usually when I find my friends, it's very based on intuition. I'm like, you're my person. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people, especially in college, definitely, I don't think they see it as a problem maybe until later, but I think it's a problem. They have that problem of just settling for their friend group. That is such a good point. I, that is like, so I had an ex-boyfriend who was like friends. He was just best friends with all of his literal of like floor mates from freshman <laughs> year. Yeah. So every single, like they lived together throughout the rest of time and they started kind of like having ish, like major issues of like safety concerns and whatnot in this like friend group. And over time, like I'm just so, so set on like only being, you know, I like really just value those close connections. So a lot of college, like I re- like the first two years that I was in college, I really struggled to make girlfriends. Like I had no big problem making guy friends. But I, I've always grown up with like a big group of girlfriends. I've grow, grown up with a sister and my mom and we're so close. So I would literally like cry to like my guy friends or like, or, like I wouldn't do this often, but like I had cried to like one of my guy friends and my ex-boyfriend about how I was just like, I just don't know why I'm not making any girlfriends. But I truly always think that it's better to just wait and hope and keep finding and searching for your like that person that, you know, is just your person versus just settling for your friends. So my ex-boyfriend, like, they were all just friends because kind of, I mean, a lot of them did really mesh well together and I think a lot of them could stay, but as a group, the only reason why they were friends is because they lived together their freshman year and that was like their group now. They had gone through that experience and then, so they now felt like they had to go through like each, they just didn't, didn't think about it. And even (laughs) when it was really toxic or there were fights like amongst like different members of the group, they just, it just never occurred to them like I would be like you don't have to be friends with this person like mm-hmm. it's probably better off if you weren't because who you surround yourself with and you know it can either really give you at least for me it can either really give you a ton of energy a ton of thoughts like you know motivation or it can absolutely drain you and that goes for like roommates like that's unfortunate when you're surrounded by like kind of a toxic roommate mm-hmm. or like just friends people that you see every day their energy does affect yours Like, even if it's just seeing their pissed off face or like their bitchiness to you, you can't help but react to that. We're humans. Like that is a reaction (laughs) to, um, you know, something that you had in person. And so for me, it's always, it's never worth it to just settle for my friends if it's Mm -hmm. not working out. And you can even have, you know, I have no, like I have a ton of friends who I think there's only a certain extent of friendship we can reach either if like for whatever, like various reasons, like, oh, like I wouldn't really trust them with like really, you know, big things in my life because I like know how to interact with others or there's like a lack of boundary, like understanding. There are like tons of reasons. And I think friends can serve so many different, you know, purposes of your life, but you don't ever have to settle for a friend who is toxic or bad. I think that's the worst and like stupidest thing that you can do. (laughs) I could not. Yeah. I could not agree more with that just because yeah. I'm very on board with that. I think like- yeah, but I love of- your idea of actually, because I think that's a big problem that I see like my very extroverted friends who just like want to be surrounded by people, but then they have the issue of like, they look past those kinds of things. So I think that having a list of like things that you really value it, like, and you can check back on it if, they, if there's mm-hmm. like a situation where they do something questionable, you'd be like, does this align with my value of integrity? Like, are they, right. do they have integrity? 
no, okay, so maybe, like, because I do think that is something that people just struggle with. I don't know why, because that's not something I struggle with at all, mm-hmm. but I love the idea of a checklist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. I, I laugh because some to some people, they might be like, wow, that's, like, so, I don't know, that's yeah. so, like, like uh, what's structured on like finding a yeah. friend right but I'm like well think about it how like, when you look for a girlfriend or boyfriend right like whether yeah. it's the girl or guy listening you have a mental list of what yeah. you look for in a like, guy or a, girl. Like, a good communicator like yes. but yeah that's so true you never like people just we don't do, we yeah. do it for the people we date yeah. but not for the people <laughs> who are our friends that we probably surround ourselves so with true. Wow. you know what that I mean it's like, like a little articulation a little counterintuitive <laughs> but that's what that's the thing that's why I said like I love discussions like this with people yeah. because like honestly like we, we both kind of already established yeah. there are only a certain like types of people that really get it right yeah. yeah and so like to me I think that's something I have and I would definitely want to like see what you have to think about too but like something I've kind of like settled on with throughout my life is like that mentality is not very common and just mm-hmm. in general like everything I think about is not very common and so I've kind yeah. of like accepted the fact that I'm pretty much an outlier and I've been an outlier for most of my life yeah. Would you say the same for yourself? And if yeah. so, like, what, like, have you, like, have you, how have you used it to your advantage? And how yeah. have you, like, not ever let it get to you? Obviously, not like conforming to what yes. everyone else does, especially at okay. USC at a school like that. Yeah. I love this question too. And I just had, like, a huge conversation about this exactly because I totally, like, I mentioned before, like, the moment that I learned that I was an introvert was actually really, like, not special, but it was, it was good for me because that explained a lot of things. And I think also talking about it on YouTube, I realized that there are a lot of people like this, but I think the thing that really helps me like understand it better, but also kind of it's cathartic for me is to actually either journal about it or talk about it on YouTube or blog about it or just spread your message and ideas and just like your life somewhere because it's always helpful for another person and then you always have that connection. So that's, this is why I love doing like and having these types of conversations and why I think like podcasting is so great. It's because you're able to find those people in their, their very small niches, like within the masses. But then you can see that, you know, like even if you're li- like, I, that's why I love podcasts. Cause I'm just like, mm-hmm. I would love to have a conversation with this person. Um, and it kind of feels like you're, getting fulfilled by a conversation of ideas and thoughts that you would like love to discuss. Right. But I think that's so validating. And that's kind of like how I counter that is just kind of, you know, really digging into either the relationships that I do have that with those people who do understand it and actually spending like time in person with them, not just like, you know, over like, um, you know, text messaging and stuff and really prioritizing that as very important, like as important as your career, like those social bonds are so important. Um, so yeah, I think just, I think everyone can benefit from having like a, from spreading their voice, like on a digital platform. Mm-hmm. I benefited from a ton, from it a ton. And I think that also allows like really, really unique abilities to communicate or just connect with someone. And it's exactly. like, I, yeah, they don't have to connect with me, but just me connecting with them. It's special and important to me. <laughs> yeah. You know who I think you'd have a great conversation with? You probably Ooh. like know him, but his name is Tim Ferriss. Have you heard of him? I, I yeah, I love his, I think he's like a, like a master interviewer. Like, he's I think he's kind a of a master. weird person. Like maybe he's he an INTJ. In- I found out that he's, oh, I, really? I heard him say on a podcast. Yeah. He's INTJ. Yeah. I, you can c- totally tell that he's just a huge introvert. Mm-hmm. He like says some, like, I think 
I like I love his mind. Um, he's, he's really so yeah. That's actually mm-hmm. well. Okay, so it's funny because I follow. I've always been really interested in tech and startups and mm-hmm. business. Um, and, and he's like one of the people who really like I started listening to him just so long ago. But um, he's one of those people who really started like that whole tech world for me and really opened it up. And that's why I'm currently in a programming school. I'm doing like Lambda school. I mean, there are like a bunch of reasons outside of that. Uh, I tried starting essentially like a tech startup with another YouTuber, but um, all these like little decisions just kind of led up to me literally just starting this last week. So that's funny that you mentioned that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wait, wait, that's so cool. So I definitely want to pivot a little bit and kind of talk about um, kind of where you're at now ever since like graduating and kind of like where you're at with YouTube and obviously you mentioned like you're doing programming school and like things like that. I definitely kind of want to hear if you can backtrack a little bit from like senior year of graduating till today. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully I'm going to try to, I always try to like, um, shorten my stories cause they can get really off. Like, <laughs> off on a tangent. Okay. So essentially I, I'm going to backtrack a little bit more to my junior year. Okay. That's when I took a semester off of USC so I took a leave of absence and I did a full-time co-op at Neutrogena, Johnson & Johnson. Okay. Yes. I remember that video actually. Yeah. My dad cool. works at okay. headquarters in Johnson Johnson. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh in God. New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's where, that's pretty much where I was headed. So <laughs> basically um, I did, I did a six month internship and I really, really loved the work environment and the people, but I didn't love that there were competitors like Glossier and, you know, Birchbox and like all these indie beauty brands who are putting their full digital, their full advertising spend on digital platforms. And I was doing a hypothetical project where I had to build out the communication channel. And I was like, okay, well, let's allocate like at least 50% to digital. Maybe at the time they were doing like a lot of print, uh, television ads. Um, yeah, that should be good. <laughs> and so I was like, so let's do mostly digital and then do like a little bit like for a like just split up the rest like in small amounts and this was a completely hypothetical project and my project manager was my like initial manager but um he was just working on me with me on this project and he was like well that's not we can't really do that because that's just that's not how we've ever done it before this is how we've always had like this amount allocated to print and that was just a huge turnoff for me i think mm-hmm. traditional marketing like yeah and it's if you look at the landscape right now, you know, the unicorn companies are like Glossier um, because they're, because digital is so effective. And that's something that I was able to learn with like a, a big combination of things of just being on the internet or on YouTube really early on, really seeing the influencer space take off and seeing people really do a lot with it. And also just seeing the impacts and the way that your message can be carried to hundreds of thousands of people. So my intuition was to really just follow digital. And so that's when I became really interested in tech. And so after graduating, or actually up, to, up until graduation, I was kind of debating whether I wanted to, you know, continue on with working at Neutrogena or just kind of like switching. And I just, I don't know, I gained like a ton of weight at Neutrogena. I just sat mm-hmm. in an office chair and I could honestly probably do like, two hours of real work and have a great career there and, you know, just be there for like, I don't know. The, that's just how I felt. Um, and it's actually pretty funny because uh, the Away founder, another person who really strongly believed in the digital like platform and mm-hmm. influencer marketing and social media, she actually had the exact same path. She did a co-op in LA and she was doing kind of like 
um, social media on the side and she realized the mass potential of really digging into digital. And that's when Away took off. Like she and her co-founder, like her co-founder was like the logistical part of it. Yeah. So that's just kind of like, that's a perspective. I actually learned that sitting in a USC class, like the following semester. (laughs) But but, so then um, in October, I think the year before I graduated, I went to this DOTE event. It was the first DOTE event ever. Yeah. And me and my friend Tasha, like, they flew a bunch of other people in, but we drove up together. And then the next, the following morning, we met Shelby and Monica Church. Mm-hmm. And we got along really well. They were those types of people who, like, in the influencer world, it's it's so interesting because you can never tell how a person is until you meet them in person. <laughs> exactly. And influencers, <laughs> yeah, influencers will not, some of them will not give you the time of day unless you have a similar amount of followers. And I never prioritize like just building my following in my life. Like I always know that there are other aspects to a person than how many followers I have. And I, um, Shelby and Monica are just people who like they will treat you as people like they understand, you know? So we got along really well with them. And I think somehow we ended up um, going out with them like the following weekend. And I was in entrepreneurship classes because I could finally pick all of my upper division electives when I got back. So I was just taking like all entrepreneurship classes. And in our project, our group project was starting, it was my idea. It was called Shutter for my, like for my project. And it was basically connecting like social influencers, because at USC, we are starting to get a lot of social media influencers. We have mm-hmm. like quite a few YouTubers, um, like a social media club started by like a Facebook, like a Markian who's really big mm-hmm. on Facebook. So I was like, this could be a really cool idea. And you were supposed to target really niche audiences. So I was like, we're going to target USC influencers. And this is going to be a service to connect influencers to creative freelancers. So like photographers and videographers. And then I met Shelby and she had the exact same idea. And so we were like, oh my God, this is so crazy. I was going to graduate soon. So all the stars kind of aligned on us starting that. But the thing that we didn't quite, we would learn is that we were trying to start a tech company. We were trying to start a marketplace for Mm -hmm. freelancers and uh, influencers to come together. And that's a tech company. (laughs) So we were trying to start a tech company with us being both non-technical. We are both like the creative like people. And so I think, you know, together, unless we would hire a third technical co-founder, it really just kind of, we got pretty far, I think. Like we built a product with with um, template websites, but it just really is a tech company and it probably, you know, never would have worked out. And so we kind of just amicably agreed to split up and just work on different projects. And I think just doing that, like in failing and starting a company, you know, especially out of college, especially at a, you know, a competitive or prestigious college surrounded by other people who like my brother is a doctor, my sister's in consulting. I think that's kind of like a big worry for millennials is just failing, like doing something and failing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just saw, I was like, okay, well, I've like hit what I thought was like my biggest fear, which was just failing something. Cause I, you know, all of my life I've always been like smart. Yeah. I've always, I've, I had YouTube at an early age. Like I've always had pretty big wins. And so this was kind of like a shock to me and, um, it was kind of hard, but I was like, okay, well, this is not the end of the world. My friends still love me. Like people still accept me. And so after that, I was just kind of like, well, what is it that I really want to do? And I've always been really interested in tech because I think it is similar. Like once I learned how to edit videos, I was able to communicate with thousands of people. 
And I think tech is pretty similar. And a lot of my, you know, biggest like idols like Tim Ferriss or like Naval Ravikant, (laughs) they all say that, you know, learning how to code and program is kind of like a necessity. It's like basic computer literacy. And I personally think that um, things like the internet trends and just like influencers are becoming more and more, you know, everyone's going to have a digital presence. And I think that it's going to swing towards having personal brands and maybe Mm -hmm. like personal websites because we have so many gripes with YouTube, uh, demonetizing our content and kind of like blocking content and kind of censoring in a way. And so I don't know, I just, this is all based on intuition. So I just decided like, based on all these things, like, why don't I just learn how to code? At least if I wanted to start a tech company again, I would be literate in the program and I would at least know what I'm talking about because as of last week I had, I mean, I'd never seen code in my life. And so, um, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing a coding school. I don't like, I don't want to like, like it's called Lambda school. I have no idea. Like so far, I think I've really struggled with learning how to code and I didn't, Mm -hmm. I'm not prepared. There are some CS majors and like people who have years of experience of coding, but I feel like they are doing a good job, like making me feel like I can get support. So, so far it's good, but that's pretty much going to be my next like nine months here and I'm living at home in Alaska with my parents which I think people like always are like oh like how's that but Mm -hmm. it's honestly really nice like (laughs) I'm really close with my parents and you know I have like it's like I can live with my roommates in like a four-bedroom apartment in LA and do the same thing and pay like $1,200 a month have to drive everywhere like I like here my routine is like I can get up at 6 a.m., go to yoga, be back for my class by like 7.30, or it'd be back in shower by my class, and then, you know, have my lecture start at 8, and then I pretty much just sit on my computer all day, <laughs> or I oh go show afterwards. It's like, it's actually a really nice lifestyle, and I just kind of feel like I'm so happy I decided to come back for this, because it is like so consuming and stressful, and it's so much to learn that I'm glad that I just have like a nice, comfortable place to be, and I'm like very grateful, obviously, for my parents for like letting me stay here, but also that I'm close with them and that they're not, yeah. you know, super awful to live with. <laughs> no, that, that that is super cool that like you mentioned, like I, I love hearing your story about that and your journey of like how you, you know, found your thing and like got out of it and, and whatnot. And I think that's like nice that like it goes to show like there is no um, like cookie cutter way, I yeah. guess. And I think there are so many yeah. people like well, that's the hard thing to remember. Like, even I struggle with that. Like, people always ask me, like, they, I get a lot of judgment for what I'm doing. And people are always like, why are you doing this? Or like, older people are always like, well, why don't you just get a job? So that's mm-hmm. like, of course, something that I still deal with. But I think it's just realizing that that is like, like what you're saying when I just interrupted you and what you <laughs> should continue saying. It's like, it's very, very valid. So down to two more questions. First one is, where do you see yourself five years from now? Ooh, okay. That's a great question. I've been thinking, I think a lot about time and I mean, not really, but like for this last month, cause I'm now 24, I turned, I would like, it's funny cause I realized that I can count, you know, I turned 20, uh, like I, my birthday's in January, so it's pretty easy to keep track of time. Okay. Um, so in nine months I'll be done with my programming school and my goal is to kind of get into a tech city or like a startup city, either San Francisco or New York. Yeah. I'm kind of leaning more towards New York now because a few of my friends live there. And I think just the, one of the most important things I've learned is like your relationships are so important. And 
if you're able to nurture them in a way that's living with the people that mean the most to you, like right now, like I actually really value living with my parents because they do mean so much to me. And I think it is really sad that a lot of people will go really a long time after college without seeing their parents just because you're like, oh, they're always there, you know, and like Mm -hmm. my career is just taking off. So that's been really important to me in deciding like kind of where to move next is like, where are my connections like that I have already and that I'll feel fulfilled by. Um, and then I probably will want to get a job, um, in programming and at at a tech startup to get experience and just kind of use this like little certification that I'm getting from Lambda school. Um, hopefully if I don't like (laughs) fail out of it or whatever, I don't think you actually can fail out of it though. Um, if I learn effectively and (laughs) then I'm not really sure, like I really like, I want to start my own business. Like that's, the long-term goal but I think that I want to there are so many opportunities to gain experience and meet Mm -hmm. a lot of people and meet different types of people like in tech like in like software engineering and meeting smart people and then you know maybe probably later on down the line having like a small business or you know just keep working at a tech company or somehow integrating like marketing into tech um but yeah I'm so hopefully like in a in a thriving or like growing career yeah (laughs) Or, and definitely doing like things that I'm doing right now. Like I really, I found that I like really love writing and yoga. Like I literally go to yoga like every day. I have to like stop myself from going. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like kind of how I see myself in five years. Nothing specific, but hopefully just yeah. making good progress. Oh, well, that's super cool. I feel like our vision for five years from now are pretty similar. I'd say really? like, yeah. So I actually just got back from New York yesterday. And Mm -hmm. so I was in the city and like, I've been, so I'm actually originally from Pennsylvania, like real quick. I'm from PA, but moved out to California for college. So I've been out here for about four and a half years. And And I was that's where you are right now. Yeah. So I'm in Orange County and I was out in New York slash New Jersey for like a work trip. I was there for like pretty much a week. And when I was in New York, I was there just like see my friends, like my best friends live there. Kind of like you, like all my close friends live there as well. And so for the longest time, ever since I was born and raised on the east coast I was always like okay I want to go to New York City and then ended up going to SoCal instead yeah. but then being out here I was like oh like I don't know I, I love the weather out here everything's great like I don't really yeah. see myself going anywhere else but up until like this past week I'm talking like literally yesterday I came back and really I'm like, yeah I'm like I really could see myself going back to New York now like I could see myself going there for three years and then like coming back to Southern California, which is ideally where I want to settle. I think I'm yeah. leaning towards like San Diego. That's kind of Ooh. like my vibe. But yeah. um, yeah, so I definitely see myself there too. And it's funny that you mentioned like, you definitely want to like start a business of some sort. And like also at, for the very, you know, first couple of years, at least like balance it with like another job, because that's kind of like where I'm at right now, where I work in sales, but I also have my own e-commerce business. I've, like, it's like very niche. It's for figure skating, yeah. which is like something I've done all my life. So it's funny. Oh, I, so saw, many- I saw a video. That was incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So like so many people would be like, oh, like you have your own business. Why do you need like a full-time job? I'm like, I mean, like technically I don't, but at the same time, like you said, there are so many opportunities and, and like things to learn from like, you know, graduating and then just like getting into the real world a little bit. Yeah. And I definitely wanted to get a mix of both because whatever I do, like I'll learn something from it and I can yeah, take exactly. it back to my own, you know, business or personal brand, things like that. Like everything is a learning experience. Like, yeah, I, I see it. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you have like your own little, like, or your own big side, side hustle, because that's when I like, so I think 
I don't know where I like really had this idea. It was really like a 2 a.m. thought, but I just thought to get, I think I titled one of my videos Unemployed Millennial, like, mm-hmm. and then that got like a more view, like an increased amount of views. And then I thought to get the domain name Unemployed Millennial. And it's not, I think it's interesting because the title itself really gives off a bad, people react really strongly to it <laughs> because millennials have that yeah. um, kind of <laughs> stereotype. But that's exactly what I mean by it. It's like what you're doing. It's like the unemployed millennial, like you could, you know, take this. It's like you utilizing what you have and like the internet and your resources and your background and building something completely for yourself where you're not attached to your job. Exactly. Like you're just constantly learning. That's kind of the vibe, the explanation that I have for that. But I love that you're doing that. And I think that's, I, I do think that's kind of like the way to do it, honestly, mm-hmm. like having done the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I would say like stick, stay with what you're doing because um, you can always like fall back on it or you can grow it and it'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that experience and just like connecting with other people and learning from people I think is really invaluable that you don't really, like you don't have to shut yourself off from like so early on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So very last question, which is like going to be a question that I always ask everyone, but it is what fulfills you in life? Mm, what fulfills me in life? Mm-hmm. It's really, I think I probably have said this like way too much, but it truly is like my relationships because I think also your relationships are a huge reflection of like your contribution to me, like, I just care so deeply about the people. And this is like, this is my perspective. It's like, I always want them to be improving with me. And that's not the perspective of a lot of people. A lot of people might think that that's not your job or your place to improve another person. But I think that's the beautiful thing about like long-term deep connections is you have the credibility to with that person. Um, and it just keeps developing deeper and deeper, like the longer that you get to know them. So for me, with everything like including my time and energy that's the most fulfilling thing that I've like contributed those things to because I think that like that's just like as important as anything else I've dropped so many things during this interview I'm so sorry (laughs) oh I love that no I'm very much the same way I I feel like we kind of established that it's like yeah very much value our relationships but that doesn't deteriorate or like I guess it doesn't make it doesn't make our career or like drive to be successful in that area of life any yeah. less you know what I mean yeah I mean it could like that's the thing with like all these types of things is <laughs> the longer you do them and believe in them and just live them the more that you see it works you know like having these deep meaningful relationships could help you in all other aspects of your life mm-hmm. including like a job or career position exactly yeah, yeah. so and, I uh, yeah no I, I was like, just gonna say like I think that's why like I feel like the like us focusing on like the top priorities that are like more long-term like like we said like relationships are like going to be a big part of your life for like the rest of your life whereas like people jump jobs especially millennials like we jump jobs like you know we like change our minds about like what we want to do for a living things like that but I think at the end of the day when it comes to people and the people we surround ourselves with we don't really change our mind about like like the values or like what we look for in relationships because there is specific things that we look for to get fulfillment out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your nature. It's like you are drawn to what you need and like like people (laughs) will be fulfilling. Yeah, totally. I agree.
Yay. Oh my gosh. Well, I am so glad we had this interview. I feel like this was really fun. (laughs) I feel like we're just so like-minded. So I'm super glad we got to like connect and stuff. So I think we definitely need to do like a part two eventually and like do a specific topic because I love that like I I can just tell you're very mindful about like what you think about what you talk about and that you do definitely have a very like big outlook on life and I just think so many people could like take a page from your book so (laughs) yeah no I can totally I love having these conversations because it it is like these things these types of conversations that are fulfilling to me too because not everyone like thinks that way so when you do find people who do it is really really nice it makes you feel like understood exactly same <laughs> yeah. we should all right meet up in person too forever in the same area maybe yes someday. yes we'll <laughs> definitely have to stay connected and yeah definitely let me know next time you're in like california or something we'll have to meet up yes okay awesome yeah Yay. thanks for having me Yay. thank you All right, so that was today's episode with Anne-Marie Chase. I hope you guys enjoyed it and found something useful out of it. Personally, for me, I genuinely just loved the conversation with her and truly do think that I will do a part two with her eventually. I've always just admired the way she thinks and just kind of obviously by you can probably tell by the conversation we're very like-minded and we have similar thoughts on friendships and relationships and our goals for our careers and whatnot so I truly admire her and I think if you are someone that likes to listen to this podcast and finds value in obviously like-minded people I would say she's definitely someone that I would highly recommend to just follow and kind of get insight from her because I think she's just one of those people that's really level-headed and um, mature and very understanding for such a young age so um, I commend Anne-Marie for that and also super random tangent but I realized that I said like a lot on this episode and I think I realized it at some point. I think I realized it at some point during the episode or during the recording, and I just still kept going with it. But um, in case you were also thinking the same thing, don't you worry. I caught it as well. So something I'm working on. I don't know since when I said like (laughs) that often, but, you know, your girl has things to improve. So Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Please like and review this podcast, whatever you do, rate it, um, however you want to give back. I know that it takes, honestly, a lot of effort to do so. So if you do, thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. And please share with your friends if you haven't already. Thanks again. And I will talk with you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.